Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Awesome. Well, welcome back to Notes from the North. Kyle and Sam here. And today uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Lindsay Young. Uh, Lindsay, welcome to Notes from the North. Thank you, guys. I'm excited to be here. Excited to chat some football. Yeah. Well, I think we, we want to chat football. We also want to start with actually just understanding a little bit about you. Uh, and so one of the things we get people to do uh, is even just as you start out, just to tell us a little bit about your story um, yeah. and how you got to this point of what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I am born and raised in Minnesota. Um, so I grew up watching the Vikings, the Timberwolves. Um, those were kind of my my two main teams that I got into. My dad watched all the sports. But um, it's kind of funny because I think I've always loved writing since I was a little kid. Like we would have, you know, journal assignments in elementary school and stuff. And I can remember really loving those and really loving like making up stories and um, writing, like filling up notebooks with those. And then the sports thing. That was really something that started out as a way to kind of get one-on-one time with my dad. I have a younger sister too. And so when we were when we were younger, she didn't really have the attention span to kind of just sit and and watch a game. So it started out that way. But then um obviously it garnered an actual interest for um the sport, how it was played, what the rules were, all that all those kinds of things. So really fell in love with football and specifically the Vikings. Like I said, growing up here in Minnesota, um, my dad and I would go to training camp. Um, we did that a few different times going down to Mankato and, you know, trying to meet the players and, and getting autographs and all that, all that good stuff. And I can remember at that young age, even like having an interest in wanting to be in sports, but I didn't really know what that would look like. You know, I'd watch like Pam Oliver on the sideline. I can especially remember her and thinking like, that would be really cool to like work in sports and to talk to these athletes. But I didn't really, even at a young age, I didn't really want to like be on TV. So I was like, is there another way to do that? Um, but we'll fast forward uh, to college. I went to the University of Northwestern in St. Paul. Um, when I say Northwestern, a lot of people assume the big one in Chicago, um, but right. it's a small exactly. yeah. uh, Christian liberal arts school here in St. Paul. And so I went there. I was like, I think I'm interested in sports journalism, but I don't know. I am definitely an introvert. And at that point I was even more so. And so just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I actually do not have a degree in journalism uh, or sports or, or sport management or anything like that. Um, but my degree is in English with a writing concentration. Um, and then I took journalism classes at school. As a senior in Northwestern, I did intern with the Timberwolves, and that was an awesome experience. It was the 2009-2010 season. I think they had like 13 wins total. Um, <laughs> it, it was a rough, a rough NBA yeah. season, but at the same time, like it was so good for me to learn. There were a lot yeah. of young guys on the team, which was, you know, helpful for me um, in getting that experience. So really confirmed what I wanted to do. Um, and I could probably, you know, talk for 20 minutes, but, um, to make a long story, a little bit shorter, I did not get a job in sports right out of school. Um, I ended up going back to work at Northwestern and running their writing and tutoring center on campus and worked with students and student employees. Um, but during that time I was applying to jobs all over the country. Um, I was doing some freelance work. I was working for a few different blogs in the area. 
Um, back at the time I had been writing for Vikings territory, um, a whole different slew of writers over there, but really loved, um, working with that group and for that blog. And, um, to be honest, like I assumed I would probably have to leave Minnesota and go to a different team or, you know, a newspaper, a website, whatever that might look like. Um, and, you know, kind of in the back of my head, hoped I would end up in the twins back in the twin cities at some point, but um, you know, timing just worked out. I think it was a lot of God's timing. I was working really hard building up as big of a portfolio as I could. Um, and in 2015, I was able to fortunate enough to do a couple contract pieces with the Vikings where they were just sort of one-offs, um, for their website. And then I helped them out at training camp that summer for a couple of weeks. And then in October of that year, they brought in um, some different people to help grow the content department and they decided to hire two new writers. And so I was able to interview at that point. Um, and the rest is history. Like it's crazy that I've been here now for eight years, technically nine seasons because I started at the end of 2015 and um, time has just flown. But as you guys know, like every football season is different. There's ups, there's downs, there's new players, there's new storylines. So I don't get bored in this job, which is the best thing, you know? Um, and I'm mm -hmm. I'm really grateful to get to work for the team that I grew up watching. Um, it honestly, like, sometimes still feels a little bit surreal in that sense. Okay, so this is interesting. So I didn't know, I didn't know the internship. I I know that you've you've written for the Vikings for a little while and you've done different yeah. stuff for them. Uh, doing an internship with the T Wolves and kind of moving through like a pretty poor season by anybody's standards. Yeah. Like even even for like a season that's a bad season. Yeah. Uh, did that prepare you for kind of getting into Minnesota sports more broadly? Just because I mean you know you're from here you've experienced it like there's just there can be a lot of doom and gloom at times right and so yeah. like that i mean in a professional sense it's good to get your foot in the door with a professional sports team mm -hmm. but then to actually live through a season of, with some difficulty and heartache did that prep you for what you're doing now yeah in a way it did um i think there were multiple ways in which that season prepped me like i am Obviously, nobody at the organization was glad that the team went so poorly. And at the time, it felt really hard. But like, in a way, I am really grateful that it taught me things at that internship level that I just wouldn't have learned if it was like this amazing season like the Wolves are having right now. Um, you know, I think. Right. right. And a basketball season is so much different, right? Because each individual game holds a little less weight yeah. than a weekly game in the NFL. Um, yeah. But when the team, you know, really started doing poorly, I think, especially working for a team, it taught me ways to truly look for the positives. Like that season was a lot more about individual player performances because it, mm -hmm. it just mm -hmm. was, the team wasn't doing well. Um, you know, we were, looking at guys, I think it was Kevin Love's second year. So there was stuff there with him. Um, we had guys doing a lot of great stuff in the community. And so I got a lot of experience of kind of just getting thrown into the fire, go and show up at this event meet these people. 
Um, it also taught me a lot just about being creative and looking for storylines because you're working with a much yeah. smaller team as well. So, you know, you're talking to the same guys kind of over and over and over again. Um, and so in a weird way, like it was kind of a blessing in disguise. And I think I also learned like how to be professional and like how to respond and act and ask questions in a tough locker room space. Um, and like, yeah. you know, it's no secret that with the Vikings, like we've had the highest of highs and we've had the lowest of lows since I've been here. And I think you just kind of learn how to be a professional in those different spaces and um, kind of what to expect, but it still doesn't make the roller coaster <laughs> fun. You know, um, it's mm -hmm. like, it's tough. It's tough to see guys work their butts off and for things not to go right or, you know, to see guys get injured and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, that I always tell people like that season was really tough, but it also confirmed to me though, that like, this was an extremely hard season and I still loved it. And like, this is what I want to do. So lots of kind of blessings in disguise in that experience. Very cool. Fair enough. Yeah. Lindsay, one of the questions I guess I have, I'm wondering as you do this role, like I guess I recognize that depending on the season, uh, where you're at in the the year, that role looks different. But like, what does a day look like for you? Maybe maybe if you think about it from a season perspective, like in season, what does a normal day look like for you um, when you're uh, when you're covering the Vikings? Yeah. Um... I do get the question a lot. And I, I usually tell people like our schedule is so um, aligned with the football schedule that like uh, whatever the football schedule looks like, that's kind of what dictates our day. Um, and the thing that I love about my job is there's structure and there's routine, but there's a lot of variety within that. So um, during the football season, um, on Mondays, usually, you know, the team comes in after a game, whether they won or lost, and they go through the tape, they have their team meetings, they have their position meetings, they usually have um, a lift time. Uh, we will have a press conference on Mondays with um, the head coach, and then there will be um, an open locker room time, which is essentially open media availability um, for anybody who's credentialed to cover the team. So that's not just me. That's also Star Tribune and ESPN and the Pioneer Press and everybody else who is there. So that's on Monday. Tuesday, as people probably know, is the player's day off. Um, and so Tuesdays are really fun during the season because a lot of guys on Tuesdays will go out into the community and at least spend a chunk of their day doing something to kind of give back. Um, and that's a piece that I'm passionate about as well. So I am typically the one from our group that's out covering those events. So um, sometimes that looks like a children's hospital visit. Sometimes it's guys going to hang out at an elementary school and read books. Um, we've had people go to and talk to kids about nutrition, um, social justice efforts, like all across the board. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are when the team um, typically has their practices, if you're talking about a normal Sunday game week. And so um, we do attend a portion of the practices. Um, there's an open portion at the beginning during the season. Um, there usually is that media availability time as well. 
And then of course we have our regular kind of content planning meetings um, in the week there somewhere as well. So I obviously do spend you know, a good chunk of time at my desk transcribing interviews, writing stories, planning out things that are coming up. Um, but it's kind of interspersed with that, you know, running down to practice, um, going to this press conference, that sort of thing. And then the cool thing too about my job, and one of the things I really love is that we get to do uh, the Vikings playbook, which is the, the in-stadium game day magazine um, for home games. And so we do a lot of planning around that, um, a lot of planning out the, the content for it, the different pages that we'll have. We need to get the stories written for that and then work with our in-house design team. So during the season, um, a home game week can look a lot different than a road game week, depending on what we're putting mm -hmm. together. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, I, I love the variety, but I also like that I can kind of Wednesdays pretty much always look the same. Thursdays look the same and have a little bit of that routine too. Can I ask you this? This is Sam and I debated whether to kind of ask you this, and this might be a stupid question. Go for it. But so you, you kind of mentioned press conferences, and I wanted to ask you about like the art of the press conference question, right? Because some questions are better than others, and some folks are really good at getting coaches to talk and 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 explain maybe rationale, what were you thinking there? And others, sometimes, you know, the coaches don't give, you know, super thoughtful, long answers. And I know for you, you, you know, you have to have a certain angle given the angle, given that you work for the team, but have you, you know, thought about that, you know, the questions you're going to ask, how do you approach it? Uh, what makes a good press conference question? Yeah, um, no, that's a super great question. It's something I've kind of thought about all the years that I've written, whether it be here or, um, with the Timberwolves or when I've done some freelance stuff. Um, I feel like the first part of that answer is like, sometimes it's just going to depend on the day, right? It's just going to depend on the situation, who you're talking to, um, you know, what kind of the, the vibes are um, that week. So I think some of it is not in your control, but I also think it's really important to like, definitely never ask a question that can be answered with just a yes or no. If you're looking for, for more color, I guess, on that answer, maybe there are some questions where you're just looking for a yes or no on if someone's going to start or something like that. But I do, I do try to um, remember in my interviews, either in a press conference or not, don't ask yes or no questions. Um, I think too, just um timing of, of what the topic is that you want to ask about and kind of see how the press conference is flowing and when it makes the most sense to kind of talk about that. I've been in press conferences where um, maybe it's not a bad question or it's not even a question that like the person minds answering, but it's just really like, you know, um, kind of jumps the shark a little bit. And then it's hard to bring the press conference back and get a good answer to the next question. So I just mm -hmm. think that, um, it's a lot of listening is the big thing. Um, and then for me, I'm not one to write my questions down usually, um, but in a press conference, like I'll be thinking about what I want to ask, think about the clearest way to ask that. Um, and also like if there is something that you're asking that maybe it has a negative tone to it or isn't like the best topic, I think it's best to just ask it in a way that you're genuinely curious to find this out. Um, I think 
occasionally you'll hear reporters where it almost sounds accusatory or, you know, that we're specifically blaming one person or a player or a coach when maybe it's just more of a strategy thing. So I think just like remembering that kindness piece and that gentleness when you're wanting to ask questions um, for every question, like it, you know, whether it's negative or not, like have the same respect for the person that you're talking to that you want shown back to you. And um, I think it normally like turns out well if you approach it that way. Perfect. Great answer. Sam, what do you think? Topic number two. Yeah, go for it. All right, let's do it. Okay. So we kind of, or I kind of looked at your Twitter a little bit. Okay. I mean, I follow you on Twitter. Looked at your Twitter a little bit. Just pulled some like recent stuff. Just looked at recent stuff that you either retweeted or that you kind of put out there. And I just want to give you, because we kind of heard your story a little bit, kind of who you are, how you got to where you are, what does the week look like? Yep. A little bit philosophical in press conferences. <laughs> but I'm just going to give you a single line based off some stuff you put on social media, very Vikings related. And I just want you to tell me why it's important or maybe not important, why it's interesting. Okay. Just kind of give me give me your thoughts. Okay. Current Vikings players getting to know past Vikings greats. Oh, I love that so much. Um, even in the time that I have been here since 2015, I've seen like the relationships with Vikings legends and yep. current Vikings grow, which I think is really, really cool. Um Cause like, it's super cliche, but I do think it's true to like, remember those that came before you. Um, and because I'm here in the building and I've seen some of those times where the legends come in, like, I think it means so much to those Vikings legends that like, one, that they're like remembered and respected, but then two, that like younger players will still kind of pick their brain or, you know, know what they did or have a question for them about when they played. And it's just really cool to see that like relational piece. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been important too, to um, the Wolves. And so Mm -hmm. because of that, like, it's also, you know, they bring in coaches and staff whom that's important too. So it's kind of almost like an open door policy for former Vikings who want to come by or, you know, talk to coach or watch a practice, especially during that summertime. Um, So yeah, I love it. I recently had the story, which you're probably talking about with, with Harrison Smith and Paul Krause and cars and careers, I believe was the other. Yeah. Like, no, I read it. It's a good piece. It's crazy that, you know, there's Mm -hmm. like almost 50 years that separate their playing careers. And yet the things that they can talk about and bond over is you know, it's just, it's a special thing. So I love it. All right. This one is not as, probably doesn't have the same depth. Kirk Cousins testing his surgically repaired Achilles by dancing <laughs> in Vegas. Oh my gosh. I, so I was not watching NFL honors. I was at home oh. and I was reading a book and someone texted me and said, oh my gosh, Kirk. And I was like, what, what happened? And mm-hmm. so I like, Turn, I turned it on then at that point and caught like the tail end, but then right. I went back and watched social media and I was laughing so hard in the best of ways. Like, I think he's just having so much fun. I think this past season he had so much fun and fans are loving it. And I think that it helps him like connect even more to fans too. You know, um, I mm-hmm. think after doing the Netflix show and people just reacted positively to like, 
the nerd that he is and he just embraces it. So yeah, I thought it was great. The him and Cam Jordan pairing specifically, I did not see coming. This is like a Vikings rival, the Saints. And right. this is like your natural enemy. This is like a defensive end. Like he is right. attacking you snap to snap kind of thing. So it was just an odd. And then the shirtless dancers in this like nerdy dad, Christian guy, which, you know, I say it's like Sam and I are both believers. It was like, but yeah. it's just like very peculiar, funny moment. Just <laughs> cousins being a bit of a weirdo, but in a very charming way. Yes, exactly. And I did think it was funny that like the first thoughts by everybody are the Achilles, right? It's like, oh, sure, okay, of course. Okay, yeah, like he it just good. tore his Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was funny. It was a weird pairing, um, but it was entertaining. It, I was all about it. Beauty. Yeah. All right. The presence of a Pro Bowl fullback on the roster. Uh, CJ is, man, I don't know if it's just because he's from Minnesota or if it's, you know, because the fullback position, because when we had Zach Line too, people love Zach Line. Um, but I think the fact that it's a fun position, um, to just kind of talk about because not many teams use a fullback anymore. I think it feels old school to people. Um, mm -hmm. But then the fact that CJ is from Minnesota, obviously not quite the same story arc as Adam Thielen, but uh, Minnesota native tryout guy. Um, I think especially with Adam now being in Carolina, people just have so much fun kind of latching onto CJ and calling him one of our own. I think there's like a sense of pride with that. Um, but he's so much fun and like the even just the social media content that he and his wife put out and, mm -hmm. you know, really family first. So like, man, I think having a good fullback is <laughs> special. And when we went down to the Pro Bowl, I was talking to one of the writers from a different team, one of the AFC teams. And um, we were talking about, oh, who do you have down here? You know, and she was like, oh, we have, you know, a, a receiver and um a, a linebacker and whatever it may be and i'm like okay we have a long snapper and yeah, right. a fullback and then obviously we had daniel so we had outside linebacker but like the mm -hmm. two of the funnest positions yeah and it's like <laughs> i'm not i'm not gonna disagree i will say so uh cj ham flexed out a bit like maybe like in the slaughter at wide motions back in to get that chip to help him pass rush you know chip on that d ends that's the chef's kiss to me yeah, love, I, love, I thought love he the might. CJ Hamblock. Yeah, he he does a really good job. I to be honest, I thought he might get the ball a little bit more last year. Me it was too. pretty rare. Yeah. Um, so I was a little bit bummed to see that, but I think too he just like he's smart. He knows all the positions. Like if they would have to, um, use him mm -hmm. for like if they would have to use him at tight end. Like he could play tight end. So yep. I think he is he's a a great blocker. Um, but he's also great in the locker room and mm -hmm. is almost kind of another coach at this point for special teams as well. Yeah. 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 Okay. I got two more here for you. Okay. Cheering for former Vikings to find success in the NFL. Yeah. Um, do you know which I, tweet I'm talking about? Yeah. The Jarek McKinnon one. Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, so I, I think I had said this earlier and maybe I even posted it on social media too, but I was rooting for the Niners. I wanted to see them when um, I just thought it would have been cool for Kyle Shanahan. I like some of the guys on their team. I like the Brock Purdy story, but like 
towards the end of the game, I'm like, I don't, you know, the Chiefs are going to win this game. I just had this feeling. And, but I was like, but you know what? Seeing Jarek get a ring. Yeah, man. And I mean, I think he's 32. So it's younger than me, but getting up there. For an NFL running back? In the NFL. Right. And so I'm like, you know, like if this is the end, man, seeing him get a ring is so incredible. Um, But it's easier depending on which teams they go to, right? Like, um, when I was watching the, uh, when I was watching the Packers 49ers game and there was, uh, a fumble and then the Packers recovered it. I'm like, Oh, and then I like, look, and I'm like, okay, but it's Eric Wilson. So I, I love seeing him do his thing, but like, of course, why does it have to be for green Bay? So, right. right. I do like to see former Vikings get success, but it's tough when it's for a division rival. Okay. Final one. And you've already kind of mentioned it here and there a little bit. Okay. Uh, Roster, rostering players who are not just willing to, but enthusiastic about getting involved in the community. Why is that? Yeah. Important? Or why do you care? Um, I think it just adds to like the overall culture um, of the group. I think it just kind of demonstrates um, a high character and like a care for the fan base. And I think it helps fans connect with our players too. Like if they can see them doing something um, in a piece of the community that matters to them, whether it's Special Olympics or social justice or food insecurity or literacy. Like, I think when fans see that and could see guys literally and figuratively, like without helmets on, it helps Mm -hmm. them to connect. Mm -hmm. And I just think that when you're in a pro sport, you're on a platform. So like, that's not, it not debatable you're you have a platform so like how are you going to use it um and i i think it's cool too to see guys get excited for one another's like passions Mm -hmm. or charities or yeah i'll come to your football camp and help coach i'll come to this event so you know i don't i don't think everyone has to do it but i do think it adds to just kind of the culture of the team if you've got guys who like to give back in unique ways Beautiful. Great answers. Thank you. Maybe. Sam, Maybe. topic yeah. three. Yeah. Topic three. What do you got for us? Well, or do you have any, anything else that you want to? The, these are great. I, I, okay. uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear some of the answers here for, for our, our third and final topic here. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lindsay, I, you've mentioned a, a couple of times, uh, or like we talked about the Super Bowl, and again, ultimately that's the goal that uh, every team yeah. needs to have. Uh, yep. And so I think, uh, Kyle and I spent a little bit of time just this past week talking a little bit about, okay, here's the Super Bowl and how do we make this about the Vikings? Uh, yeah. And so one of the things I'm curious to hear from your angle is like, as you watch the Super Bowl and see these two teams, in what ways are the Vikings similar to uh, the most recent Super Bowl participants? So either Kansas City or San Francisco, in, in what ways do you see maybe some similarities um, with either of the teams and, and the Vikings and how they're currently constructed. Yeah. Um, I feel like the, one of the things that I really liked about, well, both teams, but I felt like in the Super Bowl, like the chiefs physicality on defense, like really showed up a lot. Um, and I do think that the yeah. Vikings have shown that, um, obviously everybody would agree that like there were some high highs defensively this season and then a couple low lows as well. Um, but I love seeing 
the Vikings with Brian Flores and just the aggressiveness that he has on defense, Mm -hmm. because I think that that can make a really big difference. Um, not only in like the actual scheme, but just in mindset of the players too. So I think that that's, um, I think that's a really big one. Um, you know, both teams have extremely talented receivers and um, tight ends. And it's like when I'm, you know, watching the Niners with with George Kittle and watching them be able to hit him over and over again. And then Travis Kelsey, like obviously that makes a huge difference. Um, everybody knows that uh, TJ had surgery this offseason mm-hmm. to repair his ACL. So mm-hmm. um, I'm interested and obviously, you know, anxious to see how his rehab goes and when he can come back. But we've got a really talented tight end room. We've got a really talented receiver room. Um, I'm hoping that we can do more with our run game this next season, because with the Niners, you saw like how um, important that was for them. And they had like such a balanced attack on offense. I'm like, man, we can do more with the run game. Like there's room to grow there. But um, I thought you know, I think a lot of fans and I get it, but a lot of fans find it easy to like pick on the offensive line. And I think that the Vikings offensive line, like had good games and bad games this past season, but I think that there's a lot of good there. And so if we can continue to hone that, um, improve the run game a little bit, I think that that'll be good. But so it was interesting watching the Super Bowl and seeing like some things where I felt like the Vikings are right there and then other pieces where it's like, okay, where can we take a step forward this off season um, to really get there? But it was also fun to watch two teams that we had played this past season and like compare how we did and just that kind of thing. I mean, that was like when Josh Metellus upped on good morning football, like that was kind of one of his angles was right. He's one of the unique dudes in the NFL who played both teams and that's, yeah, Metellus is a sharp guy, really smart guy, and um, anyhow, just a fascinating person. Uh, you mentioned San Francisco. I mean, they choreographed their run game beautifully. Uh, it looks kind of so complex, but it's kind of so precise. Shanahan does such an excellent job of like moving his men around. There's so much eye candy for the defense. But I wonder. So yeah, that's. I mean, we can all basically agree the run game ideally is going to be taking steps forward, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with Oliver as a thumper. Ham can be a thumper. Like there are pieces in place to help. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder as you, so you reflect a little bit on the two teams, San Francisco, Kansas City, maybe some ways that they're similar and maybe can emulate them. But are there also ways to that Minnesota is unique from them in a way that gives them an advantage? Do you see anything on their roster? It's like, you know what? Vikings do this really well, or they have these players who really allow them to shine. Because it's one thing to say, we want to copycat the best. But then it's another thing to say we want to also want to marry that with our own personal identity or our own DNA as a team and try to give us a competitive edge. So, I mean, kind of, is there like a second part there that you see or would you have to think about that more? What are your thoughts? Um, I It would probably be something that I'd like need to stew on a little bit, but, a, but I do have a couple initial thoughts to pop up because, yeah, I mean, obviously you have to like find your own team's identity right and mm-hmm. um i think some of the things that i'm talking about with the niners are like kind of these higher level topics of how well they were able to marry the pass and the run and i think that that like i don't think it's a secret that that um has definitely been a goal we just struggled more in the run game um this past season so like how will that improve but um when I had watched a couple of the Niners games this season and obviously like, you know, Christian McCaffrey 
is incredible at what he does. And um, sometimes it's like, is he a running back? Is he a receiver? Is he a tight end? Like, and if you look on the other side of the ball, I feel like that's what Josh Metellus like grew into for us this past season. Um, And, you know, it's been well-documented all the, all the positions that he played, but having somebody like that on your defense, like makes a huge impact because to me, when you're looking at position depth and stuff like that, like he almost fits into different, you can almost Mm -hmm. count him in those depth pieces. So um, I think having him is extremely unique and it's really cool to see him have success too, just with as good of a guy he is as hard as he's worked. Um, And then kind of being repetitive, but I just think that Brian Flores is an incredibly like special defensive coordinator and the way that he approaches games, um, the way that he just connects with his players, I think is huge. So there's just so much potential um, with him on your coaching staff. So yeah, um, those are kind of the two things that pop into my mind initially, but definitely an interesting question to kind of think about too. Yeah. That was a good answer. That was, that was good answers. And I do think that like, that versatility piece like is part of it. Like Josh Metellus. So he literally, I believe it was Kevin Seif pointed that out. Like he literally played the most snaps in the NFL this year. No, yeah. no NFL player played more snaps than Josh Metellus between specials and defense. Um, and like you said, he was a backer. He was a corner. He was a safety. You know, I'm sure there are moments where he's right up on the D line. You know what I mean? Like, so just kind of doing all right. kinds of wild, really fun stuff. And that speaks to fours as well. Um, yeah. He's Sam, incredibly smart. I said that, so, so okay so that that's that's the thing right it's one thing to say okay this dude's aggressive and physical right and he plays with a special defense but like you actually have to have the brains for it that's that's the thing so it's like it looks effortless in the field and now i wonder if like some people are watching him's like he's actually a really smart guy because he has to study and prepare to know all the assignments you got to have a brain in your head right you have to by necessity so metellus definitely sharp dude really sharp dude um and i hope people appreciate that when they're seeing him on sunday right a lot of work goes into making it look so effortless you know a lot of effort making it look effortless yeah Um, it's so much work it's crazy sam final question there do you want to tee that one up yeah let's do it uh so final question Lindsay. this is um well it's easy and hard and that just going to give you a chance to do a single word fill in the blank obviously you can expand on it um okay. no 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 single word man Who's the no just you gotta leave it <laughs> no, at that no just nothing, nothing. <laughs> just right. okay. yeah. capture everything in a single word um <laughs> and so though i think there's maybe a couple ways you can ask the question um but if we think about maybe specifically next year again it could be true in future years hopefully multiple years but if the vikings win the super bowl next year minnesota fans will be what oh my gosh <laughs> Uh, I was gonna say melting down. That's too. That's a. You can hyphenate it. Melting yeah. down. Yeah, throwing a hyphen. Like, that's one. That's yeah. one word. Melting down. Yeah. yeah, like I just can't even imagine what that would be like. I try to imagine it, but like, yeah. oh man, that would be so fun. It'd be yeah. so great. One day we won't have to imagine it, and it will just <laughs> just happen. Yeah, uh, I know it's gonna happen one day. It will. It will. Legit. Look, look, like look around other sports. Teams do it in the NHL. Teams do it in the NBA. Teams do it in the MLB. If the Cubbies can win, or the Red Sox, <laughs> if the Washington Capitals win the Cup, like you're just like St. Louis yeah. Blues, like all these other teams, they can do it someday. It'll happen to the Vikings as well. 
and maybe not 2024, but right. it'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> and, and that's what's fun about this time of the season, right? Like, or this time of the off season, I guess I should say, like, everyone is back at square one. Like, yeah, that's and right. Every year I get excited about this time of the year because whether you had a good season or a bad season, it's like you're getting new guys. Like, you're not sure how everything's going to play out. I just, every year I get excited. It's, no. uh, yeah. I mean, the off season, it's all about hope. Every, yeah. Everyone's got yeah. hope. The Chiefs are kind of enjoying the thing. There's the championship and uh, everyone else has hope. And that's exciting. Yep. It's exciting yeah. to be hopeful of where things are going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for spending the time with us. Uh, this has been great. Uh, so maybe just as we wrap up here, uh, I know Cal mentioned your your Twitter earlier a little bit. Um, the floor is yours to just kind of let us know about where people can find your work, anything else you'd like to plug. Um yeah, anything that's good. And, and we also, we'd be glad to link anything into the description of the episode if uh, you'd like. But yeah, anything that you would like to uh, let people know about where they can find your stuff or uh, anything that you'd like to to share. Sure. Um, well, thank you guys, um, Kyle and Sam, for having me on. This is really fun. And I always enjoy just kind of back and forth and having some good conversations. So it was awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I love to interact with fans, um, fellow Vikings fans, followers of my work on social media. So you can follow me on Twitter at Lindsay. Um, and it is L I N D S E Y Lindsay M N sports is my handle. Um, and I obviously tweet a lot about football, but I, um, am, big into mental health advocacy as well. So some of the content is kind of on that direction and some of it's just all over the place about my dog. I have, I have a cute dog, so come follow me. Um, and then, yeah, as far as content, I was going to, I was going to ask you about the dog in the rapid fire. I was going to yes. ask, I wanted to, but I wanted to keep it Vikings, <laughs> but can I ask you now, tell me yes. about your dog. Cause I got two, <laughs> I love dogs. Tell me about your, tell me about the, the dog and why, why is dogs love important? Uh, I, love my dog um her name is tater as in tater tot (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, she's a mini golden doodle she's two and Mm -hmm. i grew up with a dog but this is my first dog that i've had like of my own as an adult um and if i did not have an incredible roommate and friend bethany i would not be able to have a dog because my life is crazy um but bethany helps me take care of her but she's awesome. Like, I feel like it's, you know, people always talk about dogs and how great they are, but it's so true. Like you come home, if you like had a bad day or if you're stressed out from work or whatever, like they're so excited to see you and it's the best part. Um, and she sleeps downstairs. So like when I come down in the morning too, like I'm just tired or not feeling it, like it's so fun when she just gets all excited at me coming down. So and uh, my roommate did teach Tater how to do the skull champ. So I am, you know, I'm a big advocate of that. I like to promote her. Is that on your Twitter? Your dog doing uh, the skull camp? I'll have to post. Like, it probably was at one point. I'll yeah. repost it if people want to see. But she did make it on NFL Network once for, like, five nice. seconds for doing the skull champ. So I don't want to brag, but when it comes to my dog, I will. Nice. Okay. Well, um. I apologize for interrupting you because I got excited about dogs, but I don't apologize for getting that story out of you about the school chant your dog. So yes. thank you for sharing it. And anything yes. else you want to share before I, <laughs> sorry, go ahead, go ahead. 
Please. No, no, you're good. You were talking about your Twitter. And... Yeah, um, follow me on, on Twitter. I would love to interact, talk Vikings, talk other things. Um, and we do have some fun content coming up. You know, it is the off season, so there's always something going on. We've got the combine coming up and things like that. But um, mm-hmm. I do have a fun kind of long-form story, hopefully coming out next week, fingers crossed, um, about a few of our international fans. So we have a Canadian uh, season ticket holder. Uh, we have someone mm-hmm. from the UK, and then we have a huge Vikings fan who lives in Australia. So really cool stories from all of them, and that's something that I've been plugging away at recently. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. A couple Canadians. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very appreciated. Great. Thank you, Lindsay. Yes. Great. Well, yeah, again, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this has been this has been great. Um, short programming note, again, Con, I mentioned, won't be uh, – post anything for the rest of February, but we'll be back in, in March. Uh, so it gives you more time to go check out uh, work uh, that Lindsay's doing. And Kyle, maybe you want to plug your uh, your piece? I totally forgot about it now. Minnesota Madness. It's live on the site. So it's, it's recording Friday. It's coming out Monday. So the recording officially comes out. It's our, our, our best on best play. We're ripping off of March Madness. Game one versus game 16. Game two versus game 15. 16 plays. Go and vote. Right. And then once we we're going to do multiple rounds, it's a reader picked whoever has the best the player response for these best play. We're making a donation to the Vikings Foundation in that player's name in the amount of sixteen hundred dollars. OK, our company. And so go to pro PTSD, go to Vikings territory, vote in Minnesota Madness. There's going to be multiple rounds. And by the time it's all said and done in mid-March, we'll have a single player. Probably there's a couple of plays that has a couple of players, you know, like Josh Metellus getting the sack and Jordan Hicks getting the touchdown. There's a couple of those moments, but go vote. Um, and we're going to make a donation in that player's name, whoever it is who wins with the play of the season uh, to the Vikings Foundation. Um, so find that on Vikings territory and Purple PTSD. I almost forgot. Thank you, Sam. Good. That is Good. awesome. Yeah. I love oh. that. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Okay. Well, uh, again, take care, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back in March. Bye.